0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. In the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna talk to you. I feel deeply like I'm supposed to talk to you. Um, a A few messages, that are really about the spiritual realm. Um, and the purpose of talking about the spirit realm, because even though we are flesh and blood, Jesus said, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. So we know we're, we're in the physical, but we're participating in the spirit realm. How many would say amen? I'm doing this in part, because we have a lot of new believers. we've A lot of people accepted the Lord over the last, I don't know, 60 days. We've baptized people here. And it's important for them to gain uh, uh, an, an understanding of the unseen world, both positive and negative. I also want to speak today about the spiritual realm for the old, older believers. Because we have to make sure that we don't get off course. 2020 got some people on course, but I can say this with real authority and sadness. 2020 got a lot of believers off the course. A lot of people are off course right now. A lot of people are not where they ought to be right now. They are off course, and it is because of more the spiritual realm The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And I need to say this to every believer. Don't get off course. Very, very important. So over the course of the next two weeks, here's here's what Jesus is going to be saying to us. First of all, Jesus is going to be saying to us That he will build in the context of spiritual opposition. So I'm telling you ahead of time what we're going to be focusing on. This is so that we understand that as we operate in the natural, we're dealing with a lot of things that are above the natural. It's the spirit realm. But Jesus said that he will build in the midst of spiritual opposition. So just because things are crazy, that doesn't mean that Jesus won't build. Jesus will continue to build. Also, we'll talk about this more next week. Satan will oppose in the context of kingdom progress. So whatever God is trying to move forward, that's what Satan is going to attack. That's for next week. But in both cases, you're going to see that Jesus is the focal point. Everybody say, Jesus is the focal point. Yes, he is. And so let's turn now. If you've got a Bible with you, it's going to come on the screen. Matthew chapter 16. This is a very important conversation between Jesus and Peter. And I want to walk you through this very quickly here. The Bible says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, okay, and by the way, this is going to be important a little bit later, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do you, who do people say the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of... The prophets, all throughout history, people have their opinions about Jesus. Have you found that to be true? They have their opinions about who God is, and they have their opinions about Jesus. And it's the, it's, it hasn't changed all that much. But watch. It says, but what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Now, I want to pause here because this is a very important question. And this is a question that not only spoke to 2,000 years ago, but it speaks to right now. I think that if we were wise, what we would do right now is let that question speak directly to us. Who do you say he is? Who do you say that Jesus is? And I want you to know when Jesus asked this question, he's not saying, well, what do you think? He's saying, well, what do you really believe? He's saying, what do you believe so that you will actually put your life behind what you believe? Who do you say he is? So let's continue. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Everybody, how many know that was the right answer? How many know Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God? So this is a big deal, and this is very important for us to understand. He made a huge categorical statement. He was saying that Jesus was the Messiah, which meant the anointed Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. And when you talk about Jesus being the Savior of the world, there is a built-in lordship to that meaning he's not just the savior, he's the king. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus is the one and only savior of the world. No one else can stand next to him in glory, in power, in beauty, in perfection, in love, in kindness, and in sacrifice. Come on, somebody say amen to that. He's the savior of the world. Now, when we talk about Jesus being the savior of the world, we use the words, you saved my life very often. You know, I I was just thinking about Christy and I were going on a bit of a long trip and we drove to the airport to O'Hare and when we got to O'Hare, we jumped out of the car and we got through security and then I don't know if it was me or if it was Christy, but one of us, we forgot our phone. And you know how you can't live without your phone, right? So it just turns out that we knew someone who worked at, um, in the the terminal, there's a name for TSA, right? So we knew someone that worked there and we reached out to them. And we called the person who was driving away Say, come back. And we said, by any chance, are you here? They said, yeah, I'm at O'Hare. Uh, where are you? Oh, I'm home. Oh, I'm not far, far by. We were like, we left our phone. Can we get out and come back? They said, no, I'll pick it up and I'll bring it to you. So they got the thing. They got the phone and they came through security because they had the authority. They had the clout. They had the ability. They came and they gave us the phone. And what did we say? We said, oh, you saved my life. <laughs> you ever say, oh, you saved my life. Okay, we're not talking about that. We're talking about something way deeper. Or maybe, let's take it, let's take it deeper. Maybe um, uh, in this past week, and I want to encourage you, every time you see a fire truck with those lights going, pray for that fire truck. Pray, pray for that ambulance and pray for that police car. Whenever those things, just pray right over them. Somebody say amen. Let's say a fireman runs into a burning building and pulls a person out and saves their life, and the person says, you saved their life. That's a big, big deal. They're heroes, amen? Come on, let's put our hands together for all of our heroes. Now, even though that's a big deal, that's not what we're talking about. Jesus as a savior is so much bigger than that. Jesus, as a Savior, when the Bible says you are the Messiah, you are the Son of the living God, the Savior, he's talking about saving us from sin and self. He's talking about saving you and me from the wrong eternity. He's talking about saving us from the wrong purpose and moving us into the right purpose. Salvation is full and free, and it's total and it's complete. It starts here and it takes us all the way into eternity with God. Salvation can only be found in Christ Jesus. Come on, at Kilpatrick, in this place. Let's put our hands together and say yes. Hallelujah. And so this is very, very important because. This question is one of the reasons people get off track, but let's keep going, and you'll see. Blessed are you, uh, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. But by my Father in heaven, and I tell you, I tell you that you, Peter, which means rock. You are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I want to read that one more time. Listen to this. He says, "Flesh and blood uh, did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, which means rock." But then he says, "And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell of Hades." will not overcome it. And so now Jesus is saying something huge and categorical here. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, if you wanna be on the side that cannot be overcome by darkness, believe in Jesus and build with Jesus. When it comes to your life, when it comes to my life, Here's what Jesus is saying. In the midst of COVID, in the midst of a, of a crashing economy, in the midst of hardship and difficulty and all sorts of tensions, Jesus is saying, listen to me. If you will be with me, believe in me, and build your life with me, guess what? I will build, and the gates of darkness will not overcome it. Anybody want to be on Jesus' side today? This is important because, brothers and sisters, we have to see what God is really saying to us. He's actually speaking into the very um, essence of where you live, not just today, but tomorrow. He's saying, you'll see in a moment, he's saying, I will build. And if you build with me, on me, then nothing will stop you from fulfilling your purpose and bringing me glory. Now watch this, and then we're going to pray. Peter takes this conversation and years later, now he's writing his own epistle and he translates this story, this lesson, okay, into a lot of different words, but I'm just going to read you real quickly what Peter would go on to say. Peter goes on to say, you also, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, I will build my church. And now Peter is saying, you also are like living stones. You're part of what God is building. You are part of what God is building Right here, right now. Everybody say, I am a stone. We're meant to be living stones. And so the title of, to- of today's message is Jesus Will Build His Church. What does God want us to think about? God wants us to think about that Jesus is building his church. He's doing the work right here and right now. And here's what I'm saying to everyone. Don't get off track. Don't miss it. This is not a message about come back to church, which I want to say, come back to church. Some people have really good reasons to not come to church, and we support that and we celebrate that. Some people don't have, that, have reasons that are that good. If you've gotten comfortable, and you know that the Spirit of God is telling you to come to church, come back to church. Cause somebody say amen? amen? This is a very, very important thing. We need to be on track. By the way, since I'm talking about this, when you come to church, do us all a favor and come to church on time. Oh, no, he didn't. Chris, you got to do it sometimes. Our people are rusty and they're strolling in like, like. okay, now we're not going to put you on blast on the online, but come to church on time. Come ready. Start the worship service. Let all God's people be here ready to praise. How many would say that's right? Come on, put your hands together. Amen. Pastoring is kind of like being like Papa sometimes. Amen. Now, I just want to ask the Lord to help us center in and focus because we've got to be where Jesus is we've got to live with him and for him and if you're going to really make the difference then you need to be founded on the rock Christ Jesus Jesus Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. God, I pray that you would breathe on the next few moments. And I pray that you would speak into people's hearts. Speak to someone who's listening online. God, speak to someone who perhaps has gotten um, so overwhelmed, Lord, uh, um, by by the difficulties and the hardships which are so real and so true. God, 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 speak to their heart. Would you refocus us? Would you recenter us? Would you get us back on what you're building? So bless this word now by your mighty power and bless our time. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen and amen. So what is Jesus saying when he talks to Peter? Jesus is saying two basic things. Number one, He's saying, I'm building this on me. I'm building this on me. Jesus is looking at Peter and saying, Peter, because there was a bit of a a play on words, but they all understood. When, When he said, and you, I tell you that you are Peter, which means rock, but it means little rock. Okay, Petros is in the original language. Peter, you are a little rock, but here's what I'm telling you. Okay, he says, but on this rock, Petra, the big rock, he says, I will build my church. So what he's saying is, Peter, you're just a little rock, but guess what? I'm the big rock and I'm going to build my church on the big rock, which is me. I'm going to build this on me. In other words, he was saying, this is not about you, Peter, this is about me. You're just a little rock. How many know Jesus is the big rock? How many know Jesus is the immovable rock? How many know he's the rock that we can stand on? He's the rock that will last. He's the rock that will not be shaken in any way, anyhow, you cannot move that rock. It's the rock that of ages, is that rock that stands forever. Jesus is the rock of our peace. He's the rock of our lives. And he's saying, I'm going to build everything upon me. Build your life, in another place it says, on the rock. So Jesus is speaking to Peter and saying, listen, a lot of things are about to unfold. Imagine Jesus saying this to you at the beginning of 2020. He's saying a lot of things are going to unfold in 2020, which he was saying this to us. And he's saying, regardless of what happens in 2020, 2020, just know you have a rock to stand on. Now, maybe you might be here and there are voices over the last year or, or there are voices that you hear that say, you know what, I know it's been hard, but it's been pretty good. Maybe you hear that voice in your head that says, hey, I make this much money. Or maybe you have a voice in here says, Hey, you know what? I have this phone number, so-and-so's phone number in my favorites. Hey, I've attained this position. Or I have this, or I have that. I've gotten to this place in my life. Well, guess what? Those things might be good, and they might be great blessings to have, but they are not the rock. How many know there's only one rock? There's only one thing that can keep you standing, and it's Christ Jesus. Only Jesus can hold you up. Only Jesus can make your family stand. Nice cars, a nice house can not make your family stand. Only Jesus, only Jesus can keep your mind at peace. Only Jesus can keep you whole. In the midst of the storm, only Jesus is the one. Because Jesus is the rock. Everybody say, Jesus is the rock. And so what he's saying is, listen, build your life on the rock and if You have a voice that's saying to you, hey, I got this. Guess what? In a minute, it could all be gone. It's not the rock. Only the rock Christ Jesus can resist the attacks and the storms that come from the enemy. Can I tell you, I look back, I've been serving the Lord for 35 years maybe, and can I tell you one of the greatest lessons that I ever learned came through one of the saddest periods of my life. So, when I was 17 years old, I went through from like the time I was 12 to the time I was 17, I, everybody liked me because I was a really good baseball player. And and I I I remember being a junior and walking into my house and when I walk into the to my house, the the there was a college coach there from the school that was number 5 in the nation. And I would just show up places, and there were college coaches there. And they were so nice to me. And I had a lot of nice dinners. And then scouts. It was, I remember the first time I got a card from a scout. It was from the uh, L.A. Dodgers. I was 14 years old, and he gave me his card. And people were so nice to me because I could throw a baseball 90 miles an hour. And then the day I gave my heart to the Lord, I got injured. And that was the beginning of the end of my dreams. It's funny because the end of my dream started the plan of God for my life. It was the worst day, but it was the best day. God had something bigger. God had something greater. But here's the thing that happened. The thing that happened was when I got hurt and when my baseball career started to crumble, all of a sudden, friends, families, offers, all gone. And I mean gone. I mean people who I thought were right there with me were absolutely gone. I was depressed. I was borderline suicidal. I had no one to talk to. I gave my heart to the Lord, but it took me over a year to get to the church. So even though I I knew that Jesus was real, but even though I knew that Jesus was real, I still hadn't gone to a church. So all I did was read the Bible and try to figure this thing out by myself and I was so frustrated and I used to say, God, where are you? And God, what are you doing? I I was angry at God. I couldn't even like, there was a part of me that I couldn't deny God, but I didn't like God. I just didn't get it. And here's what came of those three years. What came of those three years was that I learned, number one, that there's no friend like Jesus. And I learned that Jesus is the rock. 3 years everything was gone but Christ held me up. And so listen, listen, hold on, over the course, uh, after those three years, over the course of time, I've had leaders let me down. But guess what? When a leader lets me down, that's cool because they're not the rock. Jesus is the rock. Over the years, wait, 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 we'll clap in a minute. Over the years, I've had disappointments, and I thought this was gonna happen and that was gonna happen. Or I I was aspiring towards this or had this door slammed shut in my face. and, And you know what? I was thought that's gonna be so good. But you know what? It's okay, even if you don't get the promotion, even if you don't get the girl, even if you don't get the guy. You know why? Because Jesus is the rock. Maybe you got let down, maybe Pastor Toledo let you down. Pastor Toledo is not the rock, Pastor David is not the rock. Jesus is the rock. I've been let down by this. I've been let down by that. It doesn't matter because Jesus is the rock. Somebody shout amen today. Jesus is the rock. Where are you? Are you off course because you were let down by this or because someone hurt you or because you had a political disagreement? That's not the rock. Jesus is the rock. The Republicans and the Democrats, they're not the rock. Washington is not the rock. Jesus is the rock. Somebody say amen. amen. Build your life on Jesus. Imagine... Imagine the the devil just sitting there laughing, Christians arguing with each other, separated from each other, not loving each other because of something that comes and goes. This is not the first season of strife in our country. You know why? Because wherever you have people, you will have strife. But Jesus is the rock. Are you like, like I've I, I, I said this last week? I was talking to someone and they were so overwhelmed by what's happening right now. And as a pastor, if I could be really honest with you, if they could send one of the musicians out, as a pastor, When I know that one of the members of our congregation, which we pray for you often, online, we pray for you. We may not know your name, but we lift you up before God. You know what our prayer is? Our prayer is that Jesus would be your rock. We pray that you would be settled and firm in Christ Jesus so when the storms come, the Bible talks about whoever builds their life on the word, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. When we stand upon Christ, when we stand upon his word, the storms come, the winds blow, the waters rise, but your house will not be torn down. And I'm looking at this person, I'm saying, I want more for you. I want more for you. You know what I want for you? I want Jesus to be your rock. How many know he is the immovable immovable rock of ages? Come on, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If this makes you uncomfortable, let it make you uncomfortable. Because maybe what has to happen is you have to be dislodged from a position and get back on the rock. Maybe, maybe some people have to be shifted out of a place that you've, you've kind of stumbled into or collapsed into. Get back on the rock. Because Jesus is the rock. Is there ever a true statement, a, a more true statement than that? He's the only rock, and he's the one that we're supposed to stand upon, and he's saying, hey, look, don't think more of yourself, and don't think more of other people. You know why? Because there's only one Jesus. That's why we can sing. You know, listen, let me just finish this thought here. Maybe you've had a season, a desert season. Don't waste a good desert season. Find Jesus as your rock. Don't waste a good crisis. Stand on the rock. And one day he can change it. And one day, and one day friends can start showing up. And one day my wife is at the other site. And one day the girl of your dreams can show up. The guy of your dreams can show up. One day, you know what? Jesus is the rock. But note this, your husband is not your rock. Your wife is not your rock. Jesus is the rock. Everything gets better when Jesus becomes your rock. Because now you're strong. If you're not standing on Jesus, you're not standing on anything. So the first thing he's saying this is, look, I and building this on me. Who do you say I am? My prayer is that we would say with deep conviction, the deep conviction, Jesus, you are my rock. And I want my whole life to be focused on you. And I wanna make all of my decisions based on you, based on what your word says. That's the best life. Listen, when you build your life on Jesus, okay, you're building on what he's building. And then you come into your best, most meaningful life. Make Jesus the center. Now let me just close with this. So first he says, I'm building this on me, but then he says, I'm building this through you. I'm building this through you. So again, Peter says... Peter would go on to say, could you give me the next slide? You also, like living stones, okay, we're the bricks. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're being built up by God. When you become a Christian, you become one of God's stones. You become a brick. Okay? Listen, you might just be one brick, but every brick counts. How many know? Every brick counts. How many would say amen? When you become a Christian, you need to understand that you're part of something new. What are you part of which is new when you become a Christian? You're part of the church to all of those new believers. Jesus said, I will build my church. When you became a Christian, you became part of the church. The church is the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. This goes beyond family. It goes beyond culture. It goes beyond political opinion. It goes beyond affiliations. It is directly built on the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It builds past the present into eternity. uh, uh, The church of Jesus Christ is the only eternal institution. Look at what J.P. Phillips said about the church. The word is ecclesia. He said, The church is a special assembly of people whose lives are governed by Christ rather than politics and culture. When God says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, what he's saying is this I'm going to build. My kingdom on the earth through my people. Everybody say, that's me. Because you're a brick, you're a stone. We're the living stones. And we're supposed to mature into the will of God and the kingdom of God. We're just about to close. Now listen. So let's, Caesarea Philippi. Let's go approximately 16 years later. Okay. Approximately 16 years later, God takes one of his pebbles, one of his stones. His name is Paul. And he sends them back to Philippi. And you go, go read this later. Acts chapter 16. Guess what? uh, uh, Paul, not Peter, because he he can use Peter, he can use Paul, he can use Pastor Chris, he he can use Annie, he can use whoever he wants. We're all stones that he wants to use. How many would say amen? So watch this. He goes. How did he build the church in Philippi? Three people just to start. First of all, there was a businesswoman. Her name was Lydia. Do we have any Lydia's in this house? Come on, there's got to be some businesswoman in this house that God could use to build his church. He said, I will build my church. So he finds a woman, she gives her life to Christ, and she says, listen, I want you to stay at my house. I want you to use my space. I want to provide, I want to support. If you think I've met God, let me help. I got to do something. I got to help build the kingdom of God. Then, also, right after that, a little bit later, just four verses later, guess what he does? There was a demon-possessed slave girl, and she was prophesying and saying all kinds of things. And finally, he turns around and he casts out the devil. Have you ever heard someone say, I can't go to that church. I'm so bad, I will burn up. The building will fall. Oh, no, you could be full of the devil. You are a candidate to be saved by Jesus and to build his church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nobody's that bad. Nobody's that bad. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's why it all is built on him. God even uses people who used to be full of the devil. Literally. Lastly, through a pagan city employee. See, when he talks about the priesthood, He's not talking about you becoming a full-time minister. That's not what he's saying. He's saying you becoming part of the priesthood that he uses. In other words, you could be working for CPS. You could be in the educational system, but you could be a priest. You could work for CPD, Chicago Police Department, but you could be a priest. You could be part of the royal priesthood. You could work in construction, you can work at Jewel, and you could be part of the priesthood, one of the stones that he uses. And he says, listen, you're my living stones, and through you, I want you to go to different places. And I want you to be just like Jesus. I want you to pray for people. I want you to love people. I want you to serve people. I want you to sacrifice your life. And as you do that, guess what? I will build my church. We are all called to be part of the great royal priesthood of God. The priest of God would serve God. Anybody here ready to serve Jesus? Come on, put your hands together if you're ready to serve Jesus. That's why, listen, we gotta pray for Pastor Chris. Why are we celebrating and praying for Pastor Chris? Because Rhythm Church is the church of Jesus Christ. We don't compete with that church. That church is our family. We are all part of the kingdom of God. How many would say amen? Build your church, oh God. The kingdom of God is different. It's all about Jesus. He's a stone, I'm a stone. We're all just pebbles. Look at what what A.W. Tozer said, and then we're gonna close in prayer. Unbelief says, some other time, but not now. Some other place, but not here. Some other people, but not us. Faith says, anything he did anywhere else, he will do here. Anything he did any other time, he's willing to do now. Anything he ever did for other people, he's willing to do for us. With our feet on the ground and our head cool, but with our hearts ablaze with the love of God, we walk out in the fullness of the Spirit. If we will yield and obey, God wants to work through you. How many believe God wants to work through us by his mighty power? How do we want to close right now? At your home, right in this space. What I want to pray today is this. Lord, get us on the rock and use us to build your church. Not your dream, God's dream for your life. Come on, lift your hands right now. If you're in your in your home, if you're you're in your home and you're like, you kind of have been listening but kind of walking by because you've been off course. Today is the day to stop. Forget about, forget about, quote, a church. Focus on Jesus and his church. Forget about these people or that people. Focus on one person. His name is Jesus. I want to pray, God, get us on the rock, Christ Jesus. Come on, lift your hands.